We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. I was talking with my guys during the break. and Oh, by the way, welcome back. Tapped Out on BetQL Network. I was talking with my guys during the break, and we were discussing the card. And, yeah, it's maybe a little bit of a letdown compared to what we saw last week with UFC 274. But I don't think my guys get the point. Here's the point, fellas. One, you can bet on it. And two... Does your girlfriend slash wife know how big the card is? Like, can you tell her <laughs> that it's just as big as last week? Because ultimately, that's my plan. So I'm watching tonight. We're going to tell you how to bet it. With that, let's welcome on good friend of the show from MMA Lock of the Night. He is Manpreet Josh. Let's start with this one, Manpreet, my friend. Michael Chandler had an unbelievable call out. He obviously wants Conor McGregor. What are the chances he gets that fight? And if that's not who it is, who do you think Chandler gets next? Man, Chandler, what what a performance, right? Just to get that head kick knockout. First time we've ever seen Tony Ferguson out cold, beautiful, spectacular fashion. Uh, way for uh, Michael Chandler to get that dub, their second dub of his UFC career. The, the Connor callouts are... A ballsy one, right? You you, you got to really wonder if Conor McGregor would want that type of fight, especially considering he's been winless in the last several years. Uh, maybe not a good fight for him to come back to. Sure, it makes all the sense in the world in terms of money and entertainment, but Conor's really got to pick his shots correctly on the way back after such a devastating uh, injury that he dealt with last year. So, um, yeah, I don't think Chandler will get it. Personally, I think Chandler versus... Uh, Man, if you want to keep him busy in the lightweight division, let, let's give him a Benio Darius, right? Let's give him somebody that uh, is right there at the title shot themselves. Benio Darius and Mahachev is probably going to get the title shot next. So, yeah, let, let's do Benny versus Chandler. I'm all for that right there. Yeah, that sounds like a fun. I mean, there's it, it's tough in this division to ever have any bad options. Um, where do you think that does go? Because I know Dana White was saying that, you know, we may get Islam and Benio still, but Joe Rogan was trying to convince him otherwise to just go right to islam like as much as islam does look like a badass is it still is the resume still a little thin to just say hey this guy definitely deserves the title shot or just knowing what his skill set is we do know that he's just championship good uh, it's always great to have joe rogan on your side right when you have joe rogan whispering into the big man's ear to be like hey yeah. you know like let's give me the shot let's let's do it and it, it makes sense right he doesn't have a top five win which is obviously a little bit of a flaw uh, in his argument but like we know what he's capable of we know if he's been if he was able to stay busy or if the benio darius fight stayed together he likely would have gotten the dub that night and he probably would have set himself up for a title shot regardless so uh i'm fine with it right i, I think it was joe that said it was the closest we'd ever get to get Charles against Khabib. And that's the fight that a lot of people kept talking about, especially during this uh, run that Oliveira's on right now. Uh, you won't hear any arguments from me from a, from a diehard perspective. I'm down with Islam versus Charles. It's a very intriguing fight stylistically. And we'll finally get to see that Dagestani wrestling style put to test against a submission master in the UFC, a guy who has 16 submission wins on his UFC record. So give me that. I'm all for it. It'll never happen, man, Preet, but what the hell? It's sports radio, so I'll ask anyway. Uh, in their prime, or let's say Khabib came back six months from now and had a full training camp, how do you think he would do in the octagon against Charles Oliveira? I think I think Khabib runs through him, man. Everybody wants to like find that one guy that's going to be his kryptonite, especially who had, a guy who had a twenty nine and zero record. Like it's very difficult uh, for anybody to, you know, it's like it's like cheering for the Warriors every year. You know they got the best team. You know they have the best traits. They have the best strengths. But you always want to see that one underdog beat them. Maybe it was going to be Memphis, but obviously they fell short. But in regards to this one, Charles may have the greatest submission record in the UFC, but Khabib's top pressure is like no other. It's very difficult to deal with that 
that guy. Try sweeping that guy, right? Let's let's try sweeping that guy. Good luck. Good luck. But uh, yeah, I think Khabib would stay undefeated if that fight ever happened. It's also tough for Khabib too, because you think about it. First of all, like I've seen him pretty recently because he's got his headquarters down here for his Eagle FC in Miami. My man is not hitting 155 no. anytime soon. <laughs> like my guy's, my guy's enjoying life. He's looking swole as hell. Um, so it's a tough thing because everyone's going to want him to come back. And then it's like, all right, Khabib's coming back for Charles Oliveira. Like, uh, Charles Oliveira is what, hey, obviously quick, What does it matter? Oliveira's not hitting 155 either, my brother. Oh, so fair enough. <laughs> That's fair enough. Shade. But, uh, but uh, Oliveira's like, is that the big fight that Khabib would want to come back for? Like, Charles Oliveira? Like, he's great. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like if you're a Khabib Nogamadov and you're going to come out of retirement, don't you want to do it for, like, a fight that's going to do a gazillion buys and everybody really wants to see other than the hardcores. This would be the way to do it. Face Islam Mahachev, defeat him in devastating fashion, lock, lock up his neck, lock up his arm, yes. break his yeah. arm or something, and then call out Khabib. That's yes. the way you get it. You don't, you don't do it just off of a 10 fight winning streak or 11 fight winning streak that he's currently on. You do it with bravado. You do it with, you know, I'm the man. I'm I'm the big guy around here now. I just beat your little brother. Come get some. That's how he does it. Dude, you're on to something. Manpreet Joss joining us from MMA Lock of the Night. That'd be so sick if he, like, if he snapped his arm off and then Khabib was cage side. You know they had the whole thing back. Into a bully. Like, just a oh, heel turn from Oliveira. Dude, yeah, you beat up my little brother and he comes back. Like, that would be just unbelievable. I'm with Jay Galley and Brendan Tobin. I'm Sean Levine. Tapped out here on the BetQL Network. We know that Charles Oliveira is half of the next championship fight, man. Who do you think gets the shot at him? It's got to be Islam, right? It's got to be Islam. There's nobody else really. Like Chandler got his couple cracks at it. Um, you know, Benny Dariush, I feel like he needs another fight as well. Islam is the hot thing at 155 pounds right now. He's the one, like, if you look at futures on Eddie Betty website, he's the one favored to be championed by the end of the year. It, it only makes sense. I, I know is he, he has. Is he, is, is he favored heads up, man, pre, if that fight I was to go down? So. I believe he is heads up. I'll see if I can pull it up, but I do believe he is. Uh, yeah, actually, the odds aren't out for it yet. Actually, sorry, they are. Um, Islam is minus 225, plus 190 on Charles. Wow. So What? There you go. Wow. Wow. Are you guys taking the dog? Is that what you guys are saying? Hell I mean, yes. I Where can I run? But... <laughs> wow. That's, That's insane. That that is an interesting thing though, because like we, I always talk about this, like the grapplers, the guys who are excellent grapplers. Like, do you feel like they get too much of a push from the odds makers just because they always have that to go to? Because it's it just like the resume doesn't stack up. I know that he's, I know Islam's great, but he hasn't really proven it. He's very much like Khabib was for a very long time until Khabib got the chance to go and get into this title run, and it happened very late in Khabib's career, whether it was injuries or whatnot, but. Do you think that's just Ozbaker's given too much of a guy who they think his grappling is just cut above everybody else? Because it does. If you're talking about resume wise, there's no way he should be that much of a favorite against him. For me, from a betting perspective, and you'll hear this in the gambling world as well, we like to call it the Russian tax. And another example I want to bring up to you guys <laughs> is the the Magomedov uh, Magomed Magomedov fight against Rafian Stotts in Bellator. He was a minus six hundred favorite that night, and Stotts goes out there and out wrestles him, out grinds him, and wins that fight as a plus four hundred dog. But just because the guy's name ended off in Magomedov or something like that, these guys, you know, they have that allure about them. They're very difficult to beat. Ramazan Amiv is another guy that has that tax on him pretty much every single time any of these top russians in the ufc bellator pfl they're always going to get that extra rub even if they don't deserve it but that's what happens with makachev man 
Dude, I'm not going to lie. Like, I've looked at names before, and I've gone, all right, I'm going to bet this guy by submission because he looks like he's got, like, a Russian or a Dagestani last name, and those guys will get on your back and choke you out. So I've done it before, and frankly, I've won a couple of times. I run around my living room trying to shout the guy's name right. Like, absolutely, saying, if this guy pulls it off, I'll name my firstborn son. So I got a couple of Magomeds and Magomed Jabil. I got a lot of, like, weird (laughs) names coming on. Uh, Manpreet Joss joining us here from MMA Lock of the Night here on the BetQL Network. We do have a card tonight at the top of it. Jan Blahovich takes on Alexander Rakic. I'm playing the dog in this one. I like Blahovich. I like the Polish power. If I get him at plus 180, what say you? I'm on the flip side here. I don't like to eat like heavy, heavy chalk at times, especially, you know, when we have a guy taking on a former title holder, uh, especially Vlahovic just lost the title right back in October. Uh, Rakic is trying to demand the respect of the masses here, especially after coming off of two very boring fights, right? The Anthony Smith fight, he got 13 minutes of control time in a 15-minute fight, didn't really do much from on top. And then the Tiago Santos fight, he muzzled Tiago Santos that night. Just feints and uh, octagon control and managing the distance very well. He did a good job, but You know, Ilanilo got 30, 40 strikes in that fight. Very, you know, um, pedestrian fight, if that's what you want to call it. So he has to go out there and put on a statement against a guy in Blahovic. And I think he's capable of doing it. The guy has a great all-around game. He has power. He has great kicks. He has solid wrestling if he needs it. He has good top control. He's very heavy from on top. The only question mark here is, can he do it for 25 minutes if required? Since this will be his first ever five-round main event fight. Uh, If you guys remember, he did main event against Anthony Smith. However, that was a short notice three-round main event. So this is going to be five rounds here. Um, I still lean with Rakic, man. I think he has all the tools. He has the youth here. He has the explosiveness. He has the strength, in my opinion. The guy's built at 205 pounds. The guy's massive. And uh, Blahovic, I believe he's cracking 40 this year, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Not, not a good look, man. I know he's not that far removed from being the champion, but I think that this young upstart is going to be very difficult to put away. So unless this Polish power makes its presence known tonight, uh, I, I think we see uh, Blahovic get grinded out for the majority of this fight and, and take the L, unfortunately. It's also got to have a feeling too, like, right? Like, what does Jan have left to prove? Like, after you have this long career and you finally get to the top, can you get yourself back up for another another run at the title? It's It's got to be very, very hard. Whereas Rockich is, you know, he knows that if he's if he wins tonight and is impressive, like, he's probably going to be, if not next, the guy after that. Like, it's it, it, so they just feel like that they're just at two def- different levels of urgency here. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And you, you got to take into perspective when he beat Anthony Smith that night, it was a very boring fight. Everybody in the room could tell. I didn't even think Dana stuck around for the main event. But after that time expired, you see Rakic get back to his feet and just start pounding his chest like he just went to war and just had this tremendous performance. That's how much winning means to this guy. That's how much it means to him. Whereas Blahovic is like, he probably would be, you know, uh, unpleased with himself for having that type of performance, even in a win. So yeah, Rakic is just adding scalps to his, to his waist here. And I think that uh, Blahovic is going to be the latest one. Talking with our friend, uh, Manpreet Joss from MMA Lock of the Night here, tapped out on the BetQL network. we got a few minutes left. Let's spend it on the biggest star, I would say still, in the promotion, Conor McGregor. We don't know exactly when he's coming back, but we're going to spend the whole segment coming up, Manpreet, after you get out of here, talking about who we think he's going to fight next. And I've got 10 viable options, and I think each wow. one of them could <laughs> actually happen. So from a Conor perspective, what do you think makes the most sense for his comeback fight? Nate Diaz. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the biggest name he can fight and the most winnable name he can fight. Let's dip his toes back into the water here, especially, like I said, after that crazy injury that he dealt with last year. 
the DS fight is very winnable for him, and it it will sell a you know a, a boatload of pay per view buys, and that's always you know business priority number one for Mr. Conor McGregor. Get that win, get that confidence back, get the crowd a little bit back on your side as well, right? Because a lot of people are starting to jump ship, thinking that you know this guy is really not what he's built up to to be anymore. He's not getting any wins. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. So let's get that Nate Diaz fight. It is the most winnable fight and the one that will make the most money. N- nothing comes close, in my opinion. Everything else is much, much harder. I'm interested to hear the rest of the names that you have on that list because 10, I think, is is crazy. Yeah, I mean, everybody's calling Connor out, but like 10 legitimate ones that Connor might even say yes to, I can't wait to hear it. Well, here, here's the thing. I think he got frozen there. Did we lose Sean? Ten does seem like a lot too, man. Preet, I'm not gonna lie. Like when I, I, I think I, I just took a peek. I, like, I, I, I just took a look at this list. I was like, these are ridiculous. <laughs> so we're the uh, same. I can, yeah, I can just tell you like the three that I'm thinking of right off the top is uh, Jorge Masvidal would be a great fight in terms of selling pay per views. Yeah. Uh, Nate Diaz, like I said. Uh, actually, yeah, those are really the only ones that I'd want to see at this point in his career. I'm not sure if he has what it takes to, to compete with anybody else who's putting in a hundred percent right now. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think the other thing that's crazy about it too, though, is we really don't know when he's going to come back. You know, like yeah. it's, you know, we know how active he is on social media and things like that, but the guy is coming off of his leg getting snapped. Uh, looks bulky as hell. Like he has been, uh, he's been out here powerlifting because he, he looks like a guy who hasn't been able to do much cardio. Uh, not that he looks terrible. He just looks, he looks huge. So I just think that that's another thing. If we're talking about all these lightweights he's going to fight. I don't know if the guy can make lightweight right now. Yeah, maybe Masvidal is, is the correct answer then. Being a 170-pounder, right. you know, both guys are kind of in that limbo state where they're on the back end of what made them so popular and so famous. Let's square them off and try to rejuvenate it. How dare you boy slander me? <laughs> my microphone cuts out. I can hear you guys say And I was even going to do you guys a favor. I was going to say, you know what, man, Preet, since you're a boy, I'm going to give you the 10 names that I got. But now, since we have a commercial coming up here in just a couple of minutes, I got to get you out of here. And you got to stay tuned because – I'm telling you, each one of these fights could actually happen. I do tend to agree with you, though. If it comes down to the money, Nate's the one to make right away. Like, don't let this get too Pacquiao Mayweather and wish we would have seen it three or four years before. Like, let's just go ahead and get this taken care of. Manpreet Joss joining us, good friend of the show from MMA Lock of the Night. Take care, Manpreet. Appreciate you guys as always, and uh, I can't wait to hear this list. I'm telling you guys, who'd you guys agree with, BT? You guys went with Masvidal? Is that what I end up here? That's ridiculous. That's the one. Masvidal's ridiculous? How is that it's ridiculous? Just, it's not ridiculous. It's just I got I'm literally. The, dude, I I've seen. Eight. Is Go he ahead. even on your list? Is he on your list, Masvidal? Of course he's on my list. Oh, dude. thank God. That'd be on your thank list. God. Of course be on he's on my list. list. Although, he's, that. Although, although he's not near the top of the list. See, Manpreet got it right. The question that needs to be asked is, who can Connor beat? Almost for sure. Because when it comes to Mazadal, Connor comes in as an underdog. Like of, of all the guys that I have, to be honest with you, Nate might be the only one that Connor comes in as the favorite. And I'm not saying you rolled Donald Cerrone back out there or anything like that, but I, I heard the name like Dan Hooker floated around only because he can't beat anybody. Go ahead, man. Pre, we got 30 seconds. Ferguson uh is a minus or sorry, Connor is a minus three hundred favorite against Ferguson based on a, a line that I'm seeing right now. And Jake was talking about Ferguson too, and I just said that's absolutely ridiculous. Just that that just seems too easy for me. We'll break it all down coming up next. Man, Preet, you want to listen to it? Tapped out on the BetQL network.